Pastor Reich talked a little bit about living to your full potential. And uh, I want to start off the series in the new year uh, this Sunday morning um, with asking two fundamental questions that I think before we, we start diving into what does it mean to live for more, there are two questions that we need to answer. And those questions are, what is your life mission and what is your vision to live out that life mission? I think many of us sometimes, maybe every year, make a New Year's resolution. Perhaps you made a New Year's resolution, you know, this week you look, you got that credit card statement in the mail and you're like, okay, I hope I can get this paid off by November so I can do the same thing again next January, right? Or you have these New Year's resolutions, this is the year I'm going to lose weight or this is the year that I'm going to restore these relationships with people. And so few of our New Year's resolutions are, are actually coming to fruition. One of the things that studies are showing that you are actually less likely or just as likely to, um, or less likely to follow through on your New Year's resolution than you are if you make a plan throughout the whole year. And sometimes it's, um, we wonder why we have a hard time following through on our New Year's resolutions. I think one of the main reasons we don't follow through on our resolutions, be it throughout the year or if the start of the year like it is often in January, is we do not ask ourselves the question, why? Why should I be making these changes? And in the, in the scheme of our theme for this year, why should I live for more? Why should I follow Christ? So I want today to look at um, two questions, like I said. The first one is, what is your mission? What is your mission? I think one of the things that gets repeated often here at Deer Run Church is our church mission. And I think if you've been here a while or even if you've gone online and, and um, you've seen what our life or what our mission as a church is. Our mission, of course, is leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And I think I, Pastor Ike and a few others have, have kind of expounded what does that mission mean for us. But how many of us have a life mission statement? A mission is the purpose for which we were created. Or it is the purpose for, the, for existing in a certain place. So we could say our mission as a church is the purpose that God has put Duran Church in Leamington in this time. The purpose for which we are here is to lead people to Christ. Not only to Christ, but after they have found Christ, to, to help them to follow Christ better. That is the reason why we exist as a church. I want to ask you a very similar question. Why do you exist? What is your purpose? Have you asked yourself this question? Why do I exist? Why am I here? And I know some of you are probably tuning me out already, like Pastor Ike was saying, you know, why spend so much time on these abstract questions? But really, this question is not abstract. This question is fundamental. It is the foundation for all the other questions that we ask about ourselves. So why do you exist? Why are you here? 
what is your life mission? I like what Michael Jr., and uh, he's probably one of my favorite comedians. I love deadpan, so uh, deadpan humor. Um, so Michael Jr. is one of my favorite comedians. But he's also, he has a way of tying the gospel in into his comedy acts. And he has a statement that he, he, uh, he says, and he says, when you ex- understand your why, your how has more impact. When you understand your why, your how has more impact. So this sermon today is about the why and the how. The why is the mission. Why do you exist? And the how is your vision. How are you going to live out your mission? First, our mission should line up for how you made. Okay, so how many of you, um, show of hands, open your drawer where your knives are and you have a bunch of knives with the tips broken off? Anyone? Okay. Why do the knife tips get broken off? Because there's people in your uh, house, and you're not going to be pointing fingers at anybody that uses knives as a screwdriver, right? Okay. So you're using the knife for a purpose other than what it was created for. And I think this is something that is very important. Our mission needs to line up for what we are created for. For example, if we're created to be a knife, we're not created to be a knife, but we're not a screwdriver. You know, we're created for a purpose. And our purpose, Colossians chapter 3, verses 17, talks about everything that we do whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in the same way, our, 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 our mission statement as a church centers around Christ, pointing people to Christ. We exist to point people to Christ, to help them follow Christ in a fully devoted way. Your life mission, the one that you personally adopt for yourself, needs to center around Christ. Because if you don't, you're going to be living outside of what God created you to be. In the same way the knife tip gets broken off when you use it as a screwdriver, if you live outside of what God has created you to be, you will not be living to your full potential. Your life mission should also seek to make an eternal difference. I think many of us are feeling unfulfilled because we are living for a world that we were not created for to live forever. We live for this world, or we should be living for this world, but in light of eternity, and that was a theme for a couple years ago, in light of eternity. Because we are eternal people, because we are created for eternity, our mission needs to include eternity. It needs to be at the center. So we need to have a mission that centers around Christ, and it needs to be for eternity. When we live for mission, that is how we get a sense of fulfillment. One of my favorite things about um, having a physical job, and for, I'm, I'm uh, constantly renovating in our house, and I think it's just part of, I, I want something to do with my hands. And um, when I was in landscaping, we'd often work long days, you know, 13, 16 hours some days. And uh, some of you might know the feeling of coming home and there is not one part of your body that doesn't hurt, right? But it's, it's, such a, it's, it's almost a good pain. 
you come home and you, you feel like you've, you've done so much, you've wrapped up that job, and that was the reason why you, you worked those extra hours to get to, you know, 12 to 16 hours that day. And you wrapped up the job and, you know, it, there's a sense of fulfillment. And that is kind of what our aim should be. When we kind of reach the end of our lives and none of us really know when that is, that we can look back and we get that sense of fulfillment. We lived according to what God created us to be. And fulfillment comes through living um, according to our mission. But living to get more does not bring fulfillment. Um, there's two quotes here that I, I think work together really well. And the first one is by Oscar Wilde. And um, Oscar Wilde, if you don't know who he is, he, uh, he was a hedonist that lived at the turn of the the 19th to 20th century. And uh, he lived his life for pleasure. At the end of his life, this is what he said. In this world, there are two tragedies. One is not getting one wa uh, what one wants, and the other is getting it. So he's basically saying he lived his whole life for seeking that thing he hadn't got yet. And then when he had it all, there was a disappointment in as well. Rabbi Zacharias, I think, sums it up even better. He says, I am absolutely convinced that meaninglessness, so lack of fulfillment, does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. And that is why we find ourselves emptied of meaning and our pantries still full. So living for more, finding our mission, is not by living for more, or by getting more, it's living for more. And living for more means living for mission. It's asking the question, why? Living for your mission also leaves no regret. So when you live, when you look back on your life, have you left anything on the table? And if we look back at the years that we have lived already, and I think many of us would say, yes, I have regret. I wish I had done this. I wish I'd, I had tried more. Um... One of the things that I often say is I, I regret not trying in high school. You know, I was, I was a high school student that got a 79 every semester, and I never did any homework. And I, I, I often say I wish I'd tried in, home, in, in high school because I could have gotten good grades. And then when I was in college, I actually tried, and I was on the dean's list. It's leaving stuff on the table that leaves us with regret. It's not the things that we do that often leaves us with a sense of regret. It's those things that we don't do. Those things that we had opportunities to do, and yet we chose not to do it. One of the things that we tell our boys, and maybe we, as parents you can uh, feel along with this, when it's report card time, they come home, and, and if you have more than one child, you know this is true. You know, some of your children are A students, some are B students, C students, and so on. What we tell our boys is, we, what grade you got isn't as important as the question, did you try your best? Did you try your best? Living according to your mission and having that mission drive you, drives you to live your best. And when you live your best, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, that is what's going to bring fulfillment because you lived according to your mission. Fulfillment, ultimately, though, can only be found in a relationship with Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So we talked briefly about fulfillment, finding fulfillment by living according to mission. And here again as a reminder, our mission is to live for Christ. And so, what is your life mission? What's your life mission? We kind of get the overall, it's supposed to be for Christ and it's supposed to be for eternity. But personally, what is your life mission? I know my personal life mission, I was just using it as, as an example, my personal life mission is to influence people for the kingdom of Christ. That's why I exist. And for, for some of you, it might be a little different. It might mean that you are a factory worker to influence people to know Christ. Or maybe you're a parent. Or whatever, it, it, your personal mission has to be broad enough that it encompass whole, um, the eternity in Christ, but it has to be personal enough that it's yours. It lines up with where God has placed you and what his giftings are in your life. So why are you here? What is your mission? What is your life mission? So we kind of looked at why answering the why is important. Let's spend some time on how. So how are you going to live for more? So what is your life vision? What is your vision for your life mission? So if we kind of get to the bottom of it and we, after much prayer and thought, we come up with a, a life mission. This is the reason why I exist. This is why God has put me in Leamington in the 2000s. This is why. Now how are you going to live that mission out? So first, your vision for your life needs to be personal. Like what Charles Stanley says, the world may not recognize your potential, but the Lord does. He loves you unconditionally and wants you to discover his unique purpose for, his life, for your life. God has given each one of us personal gifts. Not every one of us are gifted with kind of those uh, mechanical, hands-on type of things. You know, I think our brains are kind of set up basically by three different ways. Some of us are more the accountants or the mathematicians. We, we think in very orderly way. And then some of us are philosophers and we, we think in ideas. And some of us think with our hands. We're, we're the mechanics, kind of the fixers of the world. And so our, our minds work differently and God has given us different pers personalities and giftings and um, insights into the world. So our vision needs to line up with who we are. See, I don't think that uh, if, you, if you ever come and, and you see me working in an automotive shop somewhere, I think I have come on desperate times, right? We joke about this. Or if some of you that are just totally not gifted with numbers, if someone comes and sees you and you're doing bookkeeping and that's totally outside of your giftings, something is not lining up. We need to have a life vision that lines up with our mission and our personal. So our personal Vision needs to line up with who God has made us to be. So your vision for your life should line up with how God has gifted you. Your vision for your life should consider how it includes the people in your life. So if your life vision is 
um, something like going on, you know, a, a mission trip and you're going to give your life to serve overseas and yet you have a family and your wife or your husband says, that's not God's vision for my life, it's quite possible that it's not your vision for your life either. Because you need to consider who is around you. And your vision for your life should focus on character development over everything else. If we spent as much time working on our character as we did on our skills, I think we would be further in our vision, in our mission, than we are often where we are at today. I think we're so busy trying to convince others that we have it all together that we don't allow Jesus to put us back together. We're so busy to put on masks and try to tell other people everything's okay and we, we spend so much extra time and time that could be used and, and really focusing on our life vision trying to keep up appearances and have people not see who we really are that we often don't allow Jesus to actually do that work in our lives. So what is your life vision? What is your vision for your life? Your vision for your life should also be realistic. So you should be realistic about your giftings. Um, one of the shows that I really enjoy is Dirty Jobs by uh, Mike Rowe is the host of the show. I really like the show and one of the things that I really appreciate about the show is Mike Rowe's attitude about going into um, just the, the different jobs as society we don't uh, see as glamorous. And so for example, he's been in the sewers cleaning series, he's been a garbage man, he's been a pig farmer, he's gone to all of these jobs that other people don't see as worthwhile. But the interesting thing is, I think it was about two years ago, they were interviewing Mike Rowe, and he, um, they asked him, what is the, one of the biggest things you've learned by doing this show? And he says, one of the things that has really stuck out to me in the, all these years of working these dirty jobs is the most of the people, the majority of the people that I go and spend the day with are multimillionaires. And so while we don't work for that kind of success primarily, but it just goes to show that success and fulfillment is found in many different avenues. We need to be realistic about what brings success and what does it mean to be successful. I'm a big advocate for education. I think that we should educate ourselves the best that we can. But our education needs to be in a field and according to our life mission and our vision for our education should line up with our mission and so some of us are going to go into the trades and that's a very worthwhile life vision not all of us have to have white collar jobs and the other way it goes around not all of us have to be a blue collar job our life vision should line up with who God has made us to be number three your vision for your life should be intentional Hardly anything happens by itself. So our plans and follow through for our plans is the surest way to live out our vision. So what's your plan to fulfill your mission? One of the things that kind of is interesting to me sometimes, how many, how many times don't we go and we meet someone says, hey, we should go out for coffee, right? I think all of us have said that. Or we should come over. 
and two, three, four, ten years go by and it never happens, right? Shoulds don't always turn into woulds or wills. So I think being intentional about our lives is sometimes moving the shoulds into wills. I will. So if we say, you know, we should go for coffee, say, hey, we will go for coffee. When does it, does it work? Like, does this Saturday work for you? And we make plans. It's being intentional. It's the same thing uh, in other different areas. And, and some of us say, you know what, we should read the Bible more. We will read the Bible more. And this is our plan how to do it. We have a plan. We have a vision how we're going to do it. Our mission should also be bold. Too many of us play it way too safe. We only have one life to live. We should be bold in our life vision. This sometimes means not to live in the glory days. You know, we, uh, we watch movies and, you know, some of these characters are stuck in the past. You know, when they were 19 and they, they missed that field goal or, or that, that one shot they had and they're living in their glory days and our best days are in front of us. And here's the thing. Some of you are maybe a little older and you say, no, my best days are behind me. Well, I want to say to us today that if you are considering retirement or you, you think you're retired, if you're still alive, you're still young enough for a vision. You're still young enough for a mission. Why are you here? What are you going to do to live out the rest of your vision? And this means that we are bold. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 says to the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline we need to be bold we're not to be timid God gave us his spirit we need to feel empowered not not to feel empowered in a sense of you know God is going to help me fulfill all of my dreams but God is the one that gives us the mission and God is the one that gives us the vision. And it is his spirit that helps us to live it out. We are not to be timid. We are to be empowered. We are to be full of love and we're supposed to be full of self-discipline. And the reason for this is in Romans chapter 8 verses 37 it says this, no in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are not the losers. We are the conquerors. So what's your vision for your life? Do you have a mission for your life? Do you understand why you are here? And do you have a plan to live out your mission? I said before that my life mission is to influence people for the kingdom of Christ. My vision for that is to be um, a godly father to my children, an influencer as a pastor in my local church, and as an, an influencer nationally and internationally through whatever means and platform God gives me. And so I know that vision and that mission is very specific to me because it's my personal mission and vision. But what's your mission and your vision? How are you going to live out being um, 
an employer of employees? Or how are you going to be the best factory worker that your company has ever seen? What is your vision for making that happen? So I want to just take a few um, minutes just to kind of dive into this. What could this look like practically? How can we develop visions or have a vision for a few key areas of our life? So first, we were made for more relationships. And, and so as we go through the year, we're going to touch on different ways of that we can live for more. First one is relationships. What is your vision for the relationships in your life? How are you going to make your relationships thrive? See, the thing is, relationships don't develop on their own. Most of the people in this world are complete strangers to you. Have you ever thought of that? There's over 7 billion strangers in this world to you. Why are they strangers to you? Because relationships don't develop on their own. Relationships are developed when we meet with people and we are intentional about getting to know them and, and being known. So we are made for more relationships. So how are you going to spend more time, effort into, into your relationships? So what are some of the things that hinder you in your relationships? And so sometimes part of finding our vision for our lives is finding those things in our lives that are keeping us from experiencing freedom and thriving in our relationships. So for some of us, it might be selfishness or some of those other character things that God needs to take care of. Some of us have unresolved issues that we should go and see a counselor for or a pastor for. What are some of the things that are hindering you in your life vision? And I think this comes back to the fundamental question again. What's the mission? What's the purpose for your relationships? I think one of the reasons why many of us struggle so much in our marriages is that we see our marriages as something that we get rather than something we give. We get married to someone because we want them to fill our unmet needs. What if we saw marriage in a different way? What if we saw marriage as a mission to meet somebody else's needs? What if we saw marriage as a way of reaching into somebody's life and serving them? That is a mission. That's a purpose for a relationship. And throughout the year, we hope to, as a church, um, provide seminars. Um, and you might have seen it on, on Facebook in a few different ways. Pastor Ike is going to be teaching a parenting seminar later on this month. And I would encourage all of you to sign up for that. So there's different um, tools that we want to give you this year to thrive in your relationship. Another area is work. We were made for more in our work. How many of you see your work as your calling? One of the things that my parents sometimes reminded me when I was a kid, and uh, parents, you can use this on your kids too. Do you know when work was invented? It was before sin entered into the world. You know, work is good. Working, finding purpose in work is good. You know, uh, somebody once said that what has never killed anyone but scares most people half to death? It's work, right? We don't like work. 
but work is a gift that God has given us. What's your mission for your work? What's the purpose you go to work? If your purpose is merely to get a paycheck so that you can have a comfortable life, that's part of it. And I, I, I get that. We, we need that. But what if there's something more? What if we can find a purpose and, and be in a line of work where it lines up with our life mission and we incorporate work into our life vision? Genesis chapter 2, verses 15, and this is before the fall. It says, the Lord God took the man, this is after he created him, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The jobs that God has provided for us, they are a gift from him. They're part of our mission. So any of our missions and our visions for our lives should include work. And this means that we can find purpose in our work regardless of what we do. You know, if you're folding boxes at a greenhouse, it seems like a very monotonous thing. And this is just an illustration example. You know, every box looks the same. There's a certain level of excellence you can do in that job. It's something that we do as part of working for Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's verse 17. Verse 23 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Work is more than just punching in and punching out. I think that some people view their work in the same way they, they, um, they, they see their life. Some people's life mission is to not die. You know, a successful life is successfully avoiding death for 80 years. You know, that's a pretty empty life mission. And unfortunately, some people have the same view and and mission and vision for their work. Avoid being fired so I can feed my family. And it's, it's, it's kind of an empty way of looking at work. What if there's something more that we are made for in regards to work? I like what Martin Luther said many years back. And he's talking about what success looks like for a Christian in his work. Using the example of a Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but making good shoes. Because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Our purpose, our vision for our life, because we are Christ followers, should be excellence. Part of our vision for our lives is to honor Christ and do the best job we can because we are Christians. It's part of our purpose. It's part of our vision. So what is your vision for your work? Are you in a field that lines up with your mission? And if your vocation and your work isn't your dream job, what can you do to develop a vision to make the most out of where you work? You can be the best truck driver the world has ever seen. You know, you can shift those gears like nobody else, right? Whatever your job is, do it with excellence. There's always something more we can do. Another way that we can 
Live for more is serving in the church. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to to 10 give us a wonderful um, summary of the gospel. We often focus on verses 8 and 9. It tells us how we can be saved. We are saved by grace through faith. And then in verse uh, 10, it tells us that we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So part of becoming a Christian, being saved by grace through faith, is that we embrace the good works that God has prepared for us in advance to do. How many of you know the good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What are the good works that God has placed in um, holding for me to grab a hold on of? And some of you are already serving with, with such um, excellence and, and with such uh, passion. And I want to thank you for that. But some of us could be serving more. Not out of obligation, Not out of guilt, but because we were made for more. Part of our life mission. One of the things that I often see is their need in our churches, I think in this church as well, for people to be able to mentor and to walk with people spiritually. People that feel um, confident and equipped to pray with people, to share the gospel with people, to teach doctrine and those type of things some of you have the giftings to do that and yet you whatever reason maybe you're not feel equipped or confident yet you're not walking in that so i want to encourage you is 2020 the year where you're going to step out and embrace the vision and the mission that god has made for you he has created those good works for you in advance for us to walk in and i want to wrap up with the most important thing Our vision should focus on character more than it does on what we do. We were made for more and striving for integrity. Terry Newhoff, in his book, Didn't See It Coming, has this quote. He says, the antidote for compromise is simply this. Work twice as hard on your character as you do on your competency. Work twice as hard on your on your character as you do your competency. So some of you work for companies that send you out for training. I can almost guarantee that every single seminar and every class that they've sent you to focuses on your skill, right? You have greater skills to deal with conflict or you, you, know, you get trained in how to use equipment better or, or whatever the training is. They're all focusing on skills. See, the thing is that people will gladly pay for us to work on our skills and they will assume that we work on a character by ourselves. So our life vision should include, should center around working on our character. The why is more important than the how. And the, wow, uh, the, the why focuses on character. Why should we change the way 
that we parent. Because love should be at the basis. That's character um, issues. So your character will always bring you further than your ability. The interesting thing about workplaces is, you've heard me say this before, that people get hired for their skill, they get fired for their character. People get hired for their skill, they get fired for their character. We will succeed and we will thrive in our workplaces when God works in our character. What is the basis of that character? It's our spiritual walk with Christ. Your spiritual walk with Christ needs to be the basis for working on your character. Competency gets you in the room. Character keeps you in the room. If skill is what you got the job, character is what is going to help you thrive in your job. And is your worship, is your serving in the church, is your spiritual walk going to line up with your talk? I like what Psalm 16 verses 8 says. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So as we come back to these two questions, what is your life mission? What are you here for? Why are you here? What is your purpose for living? This verse is such an encouragement to us. Our mission is centered around the Lord. Our vision, if it includes Christ, always has Christ walk with us. It says the Lord is always at my right hand. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that enables us to, cry, to, to thrive. So what is your plan to work on your character? What's your vision? And now, um, if you, just uh, a practical thing, now is a good time. If you are planning to, um, you know, work on your character, this uh, is a great time to start a new reading plan. A lot of Bible reading plans start in the beginning of the year. And so, one of the things, and I think it was on our Facebook page as well, is that now is a good time to start a new reading plan on, on, in Scripture. So, I encourage you with that. 2020, is this going to be the year where you have a plan, you have a vision to grow in your relationship with Christ? So as I conclude, I know that today I've or asked more questions that I've answered. See, the question, why you here? I can give general answers to that. Inscription can give you general answers to that. We're here for Christ, we're here for eternity. We understand that. But what's the life mission that is yours? The one that is personal. It's the one that is for you. And I've asked a lot of questions about vision. What's your life vision? Where I can give you kind of general pointers of what your vision should be. The vision for your life needs to be personal. So what's going to be your vision for your life? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you are a great God. And as verse, uh, verse 8 in Psalm 16 says, 
you are always at our right hand. We will not be shaken. And it is because of your greatness and it is because of your power and your love that as we seek your face and as we live out our reason for existing, for being here, that you are glorified and other people see you in us. God, I pray that this year will not just be a year where we coast, where our mission for 2020 is to stay alive. Let it be a year where we thrive, a year where we seek God's face and we live for more. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.